Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Thank you for joining us again this morning. And uh, just bless everyone. Father, I just bless everyone watching today. I just bless your people. I thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you're for us and not against us. And I believe you're even using this, Lord, for your purposes, for your plan, bringing the gospel around the world to people who far and wide through the, through the, web, the website, the Internet, We bless you, Lord. We worship you this morning. We open our hearts to you and to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, amen. I want to start this morning in Psalm chapter, or Psalm 3. You know, I always think we ought to have some kind of a background machine that every once in a while just yells, amen, hallelujah, so just make me feel better, you know? (laughs) Psalm 3. O Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul there is no deliverance for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord are a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. I was crying to the Lord with my voice, and he answered me out of his holy hill. Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have smitten all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. Selah. What is this word, Selah? What does it mean? Well, I'll give you a little history. It occurs 74 times in the Bible, 71 times it occurs in Psalms, and then three times, strangely enough, it occurs in the book of Habakkuk. Uh, the exact meaning of the word is really kind of unknown. There's no consensus amongst Bible teachers what exactly what it means because it's not clear what, uh, what Hebrew root word it derives from. Because the Psalms are sung, some people think it means uh, a crescendo or a musical interlude. Uh, another possible translation is to weigh in the balance and measure, or to measure and weigh in the balance, and another think it should be rendered to praise or to lift up and finally... Uh, another commentator believes it means to pause. The Amplified Bible adds this each time the word appears. Pause and calmly think about that. And I like what one commentator said. He said, perhaps the best way to think of sila is a combination of these meanings. And when we see the word in, in a psalm or in Habakkuk, we should, we should pause to carefully weigh the meaning of what we have just read or heard, lifting up our hearts in praise to God. 
I like that. Pause. Carefully weigh the meaning of what we have just heard or read, lifting up our hearts in praise to God. I just want to tuck that away for a minute and turn to 1 Samuel. First Samuel, chapter 12. I'm sorry, chapter 7. Verse 10. Now Samuel was offering up burnt offering... And the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day against the Philistines and confused them so that they were routed before Israel. The men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them down as far as below Bethkar. Verse 12. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far, the Lord has helped us. To get the context of this event, we need to go back a little over 20 years to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 4. I'm not going to go there. I just want to tell you the story. 20 plus years earlier, Israel had fought the Philistines. And the Philistines had defeated them and captured the ark and brought it back to their land. And while it was with them, the Bible says the Lord ravaged them and smote them. I mean, it was a bad move to take the ark of God back to their land because wherever wherever it went, they broke out with boils and tumors and there was was an uh, infestation of mice. I mean, it it was bad. And they soon figured out, you know, the reason why all these bad things are happening is because we have the ark of God here. It's not supposed to be here. And so they sent it back to Israel and it stayed in the house of a man named Abinadab for 20 years. Okay, so fast forward 20 years, and this is where we are now. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, in, the, in, the, in, the, in verse 3, it says, And Samuel spoke to the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your heart, remove the foreign gods and the Ashtaroths from among you, and direct your hearts to the Lord, and serve him alone, he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the sons of Israel removed the Baals, and the Ashtaroth, and served the Lord alone. God, God sends his prophet, says, get right with God, and I'll defeat your enemies. And I think that still works today. We can't expect God to be uh, all that he wants us to be to us if we're not living for him. But if we are, he will be. Hallelujah. And then it says in verse, in verse 10, well, we rode now Samuel, in, so they draw up in battle array, they come to, they come to fight each other, and we say Samuel uh, offered the burnt offering, God routed him, and, uh, and the Philistines were defeated. And after that victory, Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and named it Ebenezer and said, thus far... The Lord has helped me. Samuel puts up a marker, you know, and I and it doesn't say Selah, but I after that verse, I almost want to write in pencil in with my own pen, Selah. In other words, Samuel puts up a marker as if to say, 
let's pause and carefully weigh and consider what God just did for us in this victory and lifting up our praise and thanksgiving to him. Let's just take what I would call a Selah moment and just reflect on what God has done for us and just thank him and praise him and worship him. And I think there's a lesson to be learned here. And that is that sometimes we, in our own lives, while we're walking, you know, sometimes we need to just stop. You know, people say you need to stop and smell the roses. Sometimes we need to stop and just take a moment when we pause and carefully weigh and remember what God has done for us and lift our voices in thanksgiving and praise to him. You know, it's so easy to get engrossed in the busyness of life. I almost feel like, you know, sometimes we go through life with our head down. We just keep, we just keep pressing, you know. And, uh, you know, my picture is, you know, you, you see these guys racing bicycles like in the Tour de France. You know, they, they get their, their hands out in the handlebars and their heads are down. You know, they're just, they're just pressing. They're just going forward. But I think sometimes God wants us to, okay, park your bike. Stop. L stop somewhere and look around. Enjoy the trip. But God wants us to be thankful. And we get so engrossed, it's easy to forget that we need to pause from time to time in our own lives and put down a marker, so to speak, and reflect on what God has done for us, lifting our voice in praise and thanksgiving. We need to stop where we are and just look around. And the first place we need to look is behind us, to look back and remember some of the things that God has delivered us out of, has rescued us from. I know the Bible says forgetting those things that lie behind. There are some things behind us that we need to forget, but there, there's other things, the, the victories that God has won for us, the deliverances that he brought in our lives. There's some things we need to look back and say, look, look, where, the, look what God has done. Look, look where he's brought me. Look at how far I've come in God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. What, we need to see what God has rescued us out of and remember him and thank him for it. For what? For the time he got you out of some mess that you made or some financial difficulty you're in. The time he saved your life. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty convinced that most high school boys at some point did something so stupid it could have cost them their life. I know I did. I see a, a couple of hands raised here this morning. You know what? And God saved us. God didn't allow that stupidity of us to kill us. The, you know, he healed us. He blessed us. He protected us. God, is, God has done so much for us. And it's not wrong, I don't think, to look back and say, God, look what God, look what God has brought me through. You know, we just thank you, Lord. I praise you and I thank you for all the things you've brought me through to, to this point in my life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul's talking to the Corinthian church, and he's saying, this, this, is what you, this is the way you were. And do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, Paul says, neither fornicators nor adulterers, idolaters nor adulterers nor the effeminate nor homosexuals nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor revilers nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God and such were some of you but God but but God came into your life and he says and you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God we were a mess some of us were a total wreck you know and but God came and and saved us and delivered us you know we need to thank God some of us were an emotional mess. We were bound by demonic forces. We were, our lives were a disaster. You know, we were wounded. We were, we were hurt. We were, but God rescued us. 
And some of us were some of us were not that way. You know, I thought not everyone's a wreck. Some people were just really nice guys. You know, some people were real nice, honest, model citizens. You know, never hurt anybody. Always did good things. But still, we were on the road to destruction. It says in Matthew chapter 7, the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. So whether you're on one side of that road, a total pervert and a mess, and or on the other side, you're missing an ice guy, we're still on the road to destruction, and God had to come and rescue us. Sometimes we need to take a Selah moment to look back and remember his goodness toward us. Thank you, Lord, for seeking us. Thank you, Lord, for drawing us. Thank you, Lord, for dying for us, for saving us. God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood. We thank you, Lord, for our salvation. We bless you, Lord. We stop and we carefully consider and remember what you've done for us. And we lift our hearts and praise to you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done. And next, we need to just look around and see where we are where God has brought us, and what we have, you know, what the Lord has done for us. Again, maybe your life to this point has been nothing but turmoil, but you know what? You're still here. You're still standing. You haven't, you haven't, you know, haven't crumbled. You haven't lost. You're still hanging in there with God. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, the Bible says, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. We need to be a thankful people. We need to thank God for what we have. Thank God for our homes. You know, how many people slept under a bridge last night? You know, I, I, I love my, I've got a, a nice home I've got a, that we live in, but I've got hot and cold running water. You know, the other day I was walking downstairs to my, toward my basement, and I walked by this light switch, and I flipped it on, and I thought, how many thousands of years people lived without being able to just flick on a light? They had, you know, when I was a kid, we used to go to my grandfather's camp. My grandfather had a camp on Cedar Lake in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. And uh, we'd go out there. But they, it was kind of rustic. They, they, did not have, they didn't have indoor plumbing. There was a, an outhouse uh, about 100 yards away from the, from the camp itself. And uh, we didn't have a light. We didn't have, the stove was a wood stove. If we wanted hot water, my mother had to put wood in the stove and light it and heat it up and then put a pan on the stove and heat up the pan. That's how we got hot water. We, we didn't have running water in the house. We had a, a, a hand pump, and you had to take a coffee can, pour it in there, prime the pump, and get the pump going. And then the first thing you had to do when the pump went is refill the coffee can. Otherwise, you'd have to go get water somewhere. And, but that's, it was pretty rustic. But you know what? It was, it was comfortable. But today, we have hot and cold running water. We got electricity. We got everything we need. We need, to, we need to be a thankful people. We need to thank God for that. And, you know, I used to, I've, I've preached this message once before, and I said, you know, we need to thank God for toilet paper. And when I said that, everybody would go, ha, 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 ha. But you know what? Right now, people are real thankful for toilet paper. This is the coronavirus toilet paper war or whatever. <laughs> but thank God for, what, for the food on your table, for the clothes on your back. We, you know, it's so easy to be negative, to look at the, the things in our life that we don't have and, and complain and be negative. God wants us to be positive and say, thank you, Lord. And for sure, pray if you want more, pray. It's not wrong to pray for more. It's not wrong to have more. But be thankful for where you are and for what you have. Hallelujah. So we need to look around and thank God where we are. Thank God for what we have. Thank God for what he's done in our lives. You know, in Colossians, the Apostle Paul said, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. 
You know, what did he write to the Philippians? He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. So, Lord, we just thank you for everything we have. We bless you, Lord. We just take a moment, a sila moment, and we say thank you, Lord, for our homes, for our clothes, for our automobiles, for whatever you've blessed us with, Lord. We just praise you, and we thank you for it today in Jesus' name. And finally, we need to look ahead. We need to be thank and be thankful to God by faith for where he's bringing us. How does the future look to you, bright or dim? You know, the Bible says in, in Proverbs chapter 4, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It grows brighter and brighter until the full day. I tell you, we've seen it so many times over the years in people's lives. People will just start walking with God and they... If to just be faithful and just keep going. No matter whether things change quickly or not, just keep walking with God. Just keep walking with God. And when they did that, all of a sudden you begin to see God turn things around. Boy, I tell you, God is so good. We've seen God just begin to bless people and change their lives. You know, Delight yourself in the Lord, the Bible says, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God, we just bless you. You know, what did God say in Jeremiah chapter 29? He said, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know, I believe if you're living for God, your best days are ahead of you. So we put down a marker and we stop and we say, thus far the Lord has brought me. But this is not the end. This is just a marker along the way. I've got further to go in God. I've got greater things to do in God. So throughout our lives, we need to periodically take moments when we just stop. We just pause and reflect on the goodness of God and give thanks to him. Hallelujah. Lord, I just take a minute right now, a moment, a silah moment. I'm going to pause right where I'm at. Let's all do that together. Let's just stop right now and just focus on him. Thank you. For all he's done for us, for the cross, for the blood, for the blessings, for everything he's done for us. Lord, we just take this time right now and bless you, praise you, and worship you for all you've done for us. We bless you today, Lord, in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for joining us. I pray a blessing upon you. I pray you be healed in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you are the healer that you are, Lord Jesus, the healer, that you bore our sicknesses and you carried away our disease. I thank you for healing your people, Lord, for blessing us. We bless you, Lord. We walk after you with all of our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.